let's welcome everybody out to the the first episode of Utah in the Weeds. This is a a project uh, that was kind of we threw it together recently. It's kind of quickly here. Oh yeah, I'm like two days after I interviewed with you at I Am Salt Lake. I'm going to share a little bit of the story. So. I do another podcast, I Am Salt Lake Podcast, that I had Tim on, episode 420. Yeah, coincidentally. It really You've was. You've been doing this eight years, yeah. and you just happened to interview a cannabis medical provider on episode 420. It was a fluke, honest to goodness. It wasn't planned, but I felt like you and I had such a good dynamic. I felt like you were so, you were a natural on the microphone. You know your stuff about cannabis. Okay. Uh, at least I thought you did. Well, you don't think you do? I think cannabis is cannabis is funny in that way because everybody's so self-taught. Oh, sure. So I can call myself a cannabis expert and other people could call me a cannabis expert, but there's no like certifying board, right? In medicine, it's always you've got to have some credential behind your name. Some Somebody else teaches you something. Oh, I got you. I right? got you. And this is all just self-taught. Well, it is. It, actually, speaking of that though, did you see the other day, I forgot who posted it and I'm, I'm not sure if we have similar online friends, but I guess uh, there's a, um, in Colorado, there's going to be a, uh, you can like master in cannabis at, at the at the university there. Oh, that's aw- awesome. Yeah, like you can get a degree in it. Yeah. I need to go to uh, to that course because I'm teaching up at the PA school yeah. in the summer. Yeah, that's right. I remember on that uh, interview that you did on I Am Salt Lake, uh, you were talking about two schools down in, in yeah, uh, Rocky, Provo. Rocky Mountain, uh, Rocky Mountain University and the University of Utah, the PA schools, the physician assistant schools, the master's programs. We've got to go up there and educate them about medical marijuana. So what did you think, Tim, when I approached you to do this podcast? When I, when I hit you up and I said, Tim, I want to do another podcast. I want to do another podcast with somebody, but I don't want to do it with my wife. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I it, it was very surreal to me to have somebody like you with such experience coming to me and saying, hey, Tim, by the way, let's do a podcast together. I, yes, capital letters. There was no question, no hesitation. Absolutely. You want to do a podcast with me? I'm in. 100% about cannabis. I love cannabis. I, I wasn't sure what you would say, and I wasn't sure if you'd go for it, but here really? we are. No, I, well, I, I didn't know. I don't even really That's know you. That's You didn't even know me. I'm hoping our friendship blossoms by doing this mm-hmm. podcast. Should we share a little bit about you or like tell who? I, mean, I think how, you how, should start off, start it off, Chris. Well, I don't know. Tell me about I mean, you. I, I'm You've not, been doing uh, podcasting professionally. I, well, I've been doing podcasting. I started in 2012. So this is my eighth year of doing podcasting. The main podcast I do is I Am Salt Lake that you can find at IamSaltLake.com. I've done many other podcasts throughout the years that have never really carried on. Uh, I've helped uh, local business owners here in Salt Lake start podcasts. I've helped friends start podcasts. Um, Podcasting is my life, man. You're good at it. There's something real about this. There's nobody in control. And I think that's especially with what's going on with cannabis right now is nobody is censoring us. Nobody's saying you can't talk about this. It's not like the radio. It's not like the government saying, you know what I mean? Oh, see, I don't understand all of that. All of those ins and outs, what you can say on the radio versus what you can say on a podcast. I've just always just said what I wanted. Well, for starters, you can drop the F-bomb on a podcast. You can't, if if, if I was going on like say the local radio, I couldn't start swearing. And you can't advertise cannabis. You can't say, oh yeah, everybody needs to go out and smoke some weed. Is that really against the, wasn't there a commercial on the Super Bowl? There was a commercial that wasn't allowed. They discontinued it. 
We watched it the other day because I'm going to post it on my social media. It's such a good commercial. It shows a lot of patients that got uh, benefit from using medical marijuana. And at the very last second, they yanked it. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. To Back to a little my story. So I've just been doing podcasting for a while. I've uh, uh, Cannabis has been a, a big part of my life through, I don't know, I don't know exact amount of times. I mean, my early 20s is the first time I ever used it. What else should I share with everybody, Tim? Well, I think you've done a good job. Share a little bit about you. So you're, you're an actual, you can actually um, help people get their medical cards, right? Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I got into this last summer, really, I, I guess. I listened to a guy say the other day, well, I've been growing cannabis, you know, since 1999 and I've been professionally growing it for five years, which I took to believe, you know, I've been smoking weed for a long time and then I decided to do it for a living. Uh And yeah, so last year I got into this professionally, professionally started learning about cannabis and medical marijuana and uh, started in developing a clinic idea and trying to really get involved in helping patients get access to medical marijuana. So that's how it all started. It got very serious last fall in 2019 and then started a clinic, Utah Marijuana Clinic. And it's one of the only really specialty clinics for medical marijuana in this region, I think. I consider myself a medical marijuana expert from a medical standpoint, and I can help people get access to the to their medicine, what they need. Why do you think other doctors have been so hesitant to jump on board with this? Like why? We haven't been taught in a way that allows us to accept it, right? Remember when you were in high school and when I was in high school, we were taught that it was a a gateway drug to heroin. I remember seeing kids when I was like a teenager wearing like a pot leaf shirt and being like, oh man, they're just setting themselves up oh, to get right. arrested, right? <laughs> no question. And, and nowadays you see it left and right. I mean, there right. was a time if you couldn't, you couldn't talk about it. At least I felt like that. No, maybe, you couldn't. Maybe uh, everybody well. knew the kid, right? Everybody knew that guy. Oh, that guy. I bet you could get weed from that guy, right? But it was very, it was shunned and... We were taught it was going to cause birth defects and it was going to cause all this trouble and everybody was going to go crazy. And lo and behold. Did that happen? Did (laughs) did that happen? Nope. Nobody. Well, I mean, I'm sure people go crazy. There is, there, you know, there are some risks associated with heavy use of medical marijuana or marijuana in general, right? The strains are so high in THC now because the black market. And there's some dangers with that. There certainly are. There's no question. I think that part of the podcast is it's important to talk about what marijuana is and what it isn't. No, absolutely. Let's be honest about it. Well, that's my role maybe in this part of this podcast is to bring a little bit of that information on, Hey, really let's slow down. Let's not, let's not everybody go out and smoke seven joints a day. Well, I'm I'm kidding. (laughs) I mean, we're all too busy. Seven joints, Tim. There are plenty of people out there who are smoking seven joints a day. Trust me. (laughs) No, well, let's talk a little bit about what people can expect with this podcast. Some of our ideas, some of the things uh, that we both kind of want to bring to the table uh, with the show. Kind of one of the bigger reasons I wanted to start this was because I found more and more I was wanting to bring people in the cannabis industry on I Am Salt Lake. And I was like, well, I don't really want to oversaturate this, right? Like, I don't want to turn this into a pot podcast. <laughs> and so that's thus why 
I was like, let's do this. So that's obviously we want to have some interviews, conversations uh, with people in the, you know, uh, cannabis, CBD, hemp, patients, maybe some patients of yours yeah, we can bring think, in here. Yeah, I've talked to a few patients of mine who are very interested in telling their story. I think a lot of patients want to come out of the closet and tell their story to try to legitimize it for their neighbor or their friend who has a condition, a chronic condition, who wouldn't ever have considered medical marijuana before. They want to bring out their story and say, hey, I'm a normal person. And I think that that's important in this podcast. March 2nd, that's like right around the corner. That's why we're trying to get this podcast up. I'm not sure when when this is going to be active, when this is going to be live. But we wanted to get this up so people know we're out there. We're going to be covering what's going on locally here in Salt Lake City in Utah because the first pharmacy, that's what they're calling them here in Utah. That's so right. silly. Can we, Can I don't we, know what we're going to do on this podcast because- I'm going to want to call them dispensaries. Can we do just, that? Is it I just, the I law? feel like we should just call it what it is, Chris. But we need to bring Rich Oborn down, the head of the Department of Health. Yeah. And when I listened to him speak a couple of days ago, he, he calls them pharmacies. He's doing a good job, but he might be the only guy. Why are we calling them pharmacies here in Utah? It's the legitimizing of the medication as a medication. Legitimize medical marijuana as a medication, dispense it in a pharmacy, treat it like a drug, treat it like, uh, really Utah wants to treat it like a Schedule 2 drug, even though it's a Schedule 1. Are you allowed to share your opinion on this? Yes. How, how real can you I get hope here, so. Tim? I hope I'm allowed to share my opinion no, because well, I'm going it, to. It's, it's tough because I know we're so quick to complain about this program that's put into place. Oh no, I, I think the program is actually pretty good. See, and to I, be don't, I don't know all the ins and outs. And, and, and to be honest with you, it seems great to me. I mean, I'm not going to even, I, I mean, I want to be honest. Yeah, but I, think I don't that, have any complaints. Like, the fact that we're calling them pharmacies or dispensaries, whatever, Who cares? those are just, yeah. I mean, it's fun to complain about certain little things all the time. That's, that's human nature. But the fact is they're going to be open. They're going to have the products that pe people need. People are going to get access to that on Monday, and I don't think the world is going to explode, although there were plenty of people who thought the day the Mormons get marijuana, the world is going to explode. And that's, you know, it's probably not going to happen, although we'll see on Monday. Do you think there's going to be a lot of like uh, uh, police and stuff around the That's a good question. I was just thinking if there would be protesters across the street. At the media event. So is there going to be like an event? Oh, going there's on going to the be a media event from 10 to noon. Okay. Dragonfly Pharmacy is opening and they're on 7th South and State Street. So there, there's going to be a media event. They're going to show a hydroponic system of how they're growing the cannabis in indoors. They're going to be a processing, like a microprocessing demonstration to show people how hemp is processed into CBD. It's going to be really educational. And then they're going to have a media event at the time and talk about it a little bit. Some of my patients are coming, right? Like four, five, six patients of mine are coming down to give their story, to talk about how cannabis has really changed their life. And they're normal people, right? They're, they're people you really wouldn't notice on the street. Now, is the public invited to this event or well, just medical? I, I as think far so. as you know. As you, far as you, I know. You obviously aren't, don't work there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't work at the uh, at the uh, dispensary. I can't be financially involved at all yeah. in anything to deal with the marijuana plant. But I think 
Uh, they haven't announced it. Yeah, I, right? haven't, I haven't really seen anything online anymore. No, and I think that part of that is they need to pass an inspection on Friday. They have their final inspection on Friday. So the Dragon Department Flight of Health, is. that's right. So it's my understanding they have to pass that inspection in order to open. And they hadn't announced it just in case they don't pass that inspection. Do you think they're going to try to make it so they don't pass it? Oh, no. I promise you I have it under good authority. The Dragonfly is working extremely hard to meet all of the criteria that they need to meet. And and they'll they'll do it. They'll do it. They're not going to cut any corners. The Department of Health won't let them cut any corners. Yeah. They can't. They're good people there. And but they're going to pass and they're going to. Now, I think I, I think we talked about this on the I am Salt Lake interview, but you're not even allowed in the dispensary. Slash oh, so I got an update on that. That is not the case. No kidding. It's basically like any pharmacy. You can sign a visitor uh, registry okay. and you can go around the pharmacy and you can see the products. So that will allow somebody from the news to go in and visit in the pharmacy and see what's available. The issue then becomes patient privacy. So is the patient privacy going to be protected in that scenario? The, your so, patient with privacy with who? Them or you? Well, I want my patients, if if my patients don't want the news media to come in oh, and be, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and visitors coming in the pharmacy and seeing what they're buying, then they need to have that pharmacy or that privacy. Well, now I'm not talking about just on Monday. I'm talking about in no, general. No, in general, oh, okay. I, you can go in there, you can... You can sign in as a visitor and you can go visit the pharmacy. And that's true because I guess a lot of people, a lot of people don't want to be known that they use cannabis. Right. There was a, I told you about the event when I went down to uh, California to hang out with uh, Tommy Chong. I told you about that. Oh, think, uh, you, yeah. You told me a little bit and about And it was funny because they were taking pictures and they were like, is it okay if we post this online? I'm like, dude, I'm in California. It's illegal here. You know? Right. Like it's, right. it's fine. I mean, it's, I'm not Elon Musk. You know, that, <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, but uh, no, it is interesting. It's it's an interesting time to be alive, Tim. I, I really did not see Utah getting medical marijuana. No, I think we're the 30, so 33 states. Something. And like that, we're yeah. in the, we were 31 or 33. And yeah, I thought that it would probably be, we would be 49th. The last. The last. The last right before, well, I mean, right before, you know, the world explodes. Do you want to talk a little bit about like... Uh, oh, so any, let's talk about what yeah. uh, what I'm going to get out of this podcast. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. what I'm We kind of got contribute. There. Yeah. But that's a joy of podcast, right? Right. So uh, what I'm going to bring to the podcast, I hope. You hope? I'm, I'm not is... going to bring a lot of podcast experience, but I hope to bring some education about medical cannabis, some education about cannabis in general, the cannabis plant. Uh, legitimize things a little bit if I can, if the listeners will accept that. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk about cannabis to other people. I'm just so curious about what other people think. I'm excited to bring some guests on the show yeah, and ask them. Well, how can people get a hold of you, Tim, if they want to come on the show? Like, So if they want to come on the show, you could email me, uh -huh. tim at utahtherapeutic.com. Okay. Tim at utahtherapeutic.com. You could call me, uh, my phone number, the office phone number, 801-851-5554. You could call, and, call the office. And if they want to get their card, they can call the office too and set yeah, all that up Yeah, you can too. set up an appointment if you have a qualifying condition and you go to utahmarijuana.org or utahmarijuana.clinic. Those are two of my websites. 
and you can read about the qualifying conditions in Utah, and you can come see me. You come see me, and I do, yeah, I do the evaluations, and I help people find access to medication. I get referrals from providers and from different people, and I, because I consider myself a cannabis specialist, I, I tend to talk a lot about education, and I talk a lot about uh, I talk a lot about dosing guidelines and how patients can use cannabis a little better. Are you going to be able to show like patients how to use it? Yeah, we had this conversation yesterday because I had a patient ask me about a vaporizer. The patient comes in and this is pretty common. Patients come in and they smoke marijuana already, but they smoke it. And in Utah, you cannot use a flame. So we spend a little time talking about a vaporizer and how you can grind up the flour and and the electronic vaporizer. There's, you know, a hundred different types on the market. And the question came up, well, can I buy one and have it in my clinic and actually show somebody how to use it? I don't know. Because they're complicated. Some they, of them, well, some of yeah. them are, I mean, especially yeah. for old, the elderly. Well, sure. And yeah. if you want an inhaled product that acts fast, flour is a reasonable way to go. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think, yes. I think once we're in that patient visit, we can do whatever. I mean, the First Amendment is essentially what you're using to to talk to patients. Well, yeah, it would seem like you go to any doctor and they're going to have their tools, their supplies, right. their and it's products. it is isn't it my job to to educate on how to safely use the 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 products? I can see how a pharmacist would be involved in that, but do the the pharmacists that are employed at the dispensaries or the pharmacies? The cannabis pharmacies are they going to know how to use a, a Pax Three vaporizer? I don't, uh, I don't know. I need to learn how to use one of those. Yeah, you can dial the temperature on your phone. You Bluetooth the phone. So wait, wait, wait. So you control it with your smartphone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are vaporizers out there that you can control with your smartphone and dial the temperature from three hundred and twenty to four twenty. I mean, they chose four twenty for a reason. Now, see, and I don't even know that much about the good degrees to burn stuff at, like with that. Well, you could go to leafly.com. They have, a, they actually published a book I read. Okay. Yeah, something you're going to learn about me. I read a lot of books. If I want to know something, I'm just, I'll just read four or five books on you, it. You know what I think would be fun to do on this podcast is some of these books that have been written about cannabis. Let's bring some of the authors on. Do oh, we, could, we could Skype them in. Do a phone call with yeah, them right if here. They'll come. I'll, I'll, I'll ask track them. them down, I have man. I have all kinds of questions, but yes. Yeah, so if you uh, vape a flower a certain strain at 350 degrees, uh-huh. you're going to activate a set of terpenes and cannabinoids or cannabinoids, as they like me to say. And at 420 <laughs> degrees, you're going to activate a different set of compounds in the drug. So it's an entire. It might be an entirely different experience for a patient or a person to vape it at different temperatures. Do you think most patients know that about the temperature and about the degrees? Because I didn't even know that. No way. Uh, There's so much information about, there's so much that that I would consider like reasonably simple information that patients don't have. This is one of the other, this is kind of my soapbox here is a lot of providers, even in Utah right now that are writing the recommendations they're just giving the recommendation and then the patient leaves and the patient is on their own to find their own dose to figure out what to buy, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't think that's how this is supposed to go. So hopefully we can help patients and, and people in general f- learn a little more about how to use cannabis properly. And I don't mean to sound like, you know, I have all the answers and, 
You know, a good old fashioned joint isn't the way that you have the best experience, whatever it is you want to achieve out of your cannabis use. But from a medical standpoint, I think there are ways to use it that are better than others. And yeah, patients don't really know. When you tell them you can't use a flame, sometimes they jump right out of the seat. What did they say? Oh, I mean, they're just, I mean, like, vaguely, what, what are you, we don't, you know, what are you talking? Like, what are you talking about? I've been smoking weed for 20 years. I can't use a flame. Like, right. Most people like, are used to joints and bongs. Yeah. And- joints and bongs and bowls and one hitters and little glass pipes. And that's how they, <laughs> right. That's how they use it. And that's what they're used to. It's easy. Yeah. It's there. It's comfortable. And they're getting, they've been using it for their pain for, for years. And now they're coming out of the closet and then I'm telling them, hey, by the way, you can't do it the way you're doing it. Now, there's a good valid reason. And I agree with the law. Personally, I agree with the idea that we shouldn't be using flames for marijuana. Okay. I mean, there it is. There's safer, better ways to ingest it. Yeah, but am I allowed to voice my opinion here? I mean, obviously, I think it's silly. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on the thing. I think it's what you do in your own home should be your business. Personally, that's my honest opinion on that. Sure. And, and, uh, have you proven, has the government or science proven that actually using flame is very harmful? The evidence is a little mixed. My preferred method of smoking is out of a nice bong, nice water bong. That's my preferred method to go back in time. If we were to go back to back to back to my heavier days in my twenties, that was my preferred method. As I've uh, gotten more recently, it's, it's vaporizing and and just with the liquid. Yeah. The, uh, the isolate or the, what they call it, the cartridges, the the little half gram or one gram cartridges. See, I'm going to learn a lot with you guys here about, all you know what I mean? Because there is so much to learn. Why do you think so many people I still find this, Tim, where people say there's no medical value with this stuff because you're talking about your patients because I'm sitting here listening to you a few minutes ago, right? And you're talking about how you're going to work with your patients with dosing and how to use this gear. I mean, that's truly that show that should show people right there the importance of having a doctor help you out, right? Well, I think that we in the medical community, we're kind of the key to the legitimizing or to legitimizing marijuana as medicine, right? Without us, I think that you don't get that legitimacy. There's this, there, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth here. Yeah. So on the one hand, patients in the public, they don't trust the medical community and that's why they want access to medical marijuana. And they want access to things that aren't prescription opioids or prescription medications that give bad side effects. On the other hand, they want us, in a sense, to teach them how to use medical marijuana as a medicine, right? To legitimize it as a medicine. So I, I see that there's both sides to this, and I see it's a little bit of a conflict uh, to me. But my patients, who, especially those who don't, who've never used cannabis or marijuana in the past ever, they, hey, hey you got to hold their hand through the process and make sure they know what they're doing. They'll go take an accidental, you know, five extra milligrams and they're uncomfortable all day. And that doesn't mean the medicine isn't working. It's just, it just means that they've, they've had a bad experience. They need help. Are they uncomfortable or are they just glued to the couch? They're basically, (laughs) I mean, I guess it depends on who, it depends on what you're doing that day. Where's the TV remote and the bag of Doritos, (laughs) right? You're just glued to the couch for the next five hours. No, I'm being silly. Well, and you get, you make a good point, right? 
there's going to be people on one side who that is that to them is enjoyable, yeah. right? Overdosing by an extra five milligrams that then they're cool. They, they, uh, yeah, they make up some popcorn and some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, order some little Caesars. And then there's going to be other people who certainly are going to be totally uncomfortable, anxious, and you want patients, you want people to have the experience that they, they're looking for. So kind of back to that question of people saying there's no medical value and this and that, right? Like what, Let's say somebody's listening, right? And, and they want to get, say they want to get their medical card, right? And say yeah. they know it would, well, a perfect example. I knew a guy, I'm just going to leave it at this. I knew a guy that loved smoking cannabis years and years ago. And uh, he always said, well, if it ever became legal and I started smoking again, my, my wife would leave me. How, what are some good ways that you can prove to your significant other and to your friends that, that don't agree with it? Hey, this is good stuff. Do you know anything? I mean, I, this is kind of a big question this off the top of your question. head, I guess. I'm sorry, Tim. I mean, I, you could answer this question as good as I can. I guess Because right. I think you're it right. comes down to, I mean, your partner. Yeah. And deciding whether or not you believe your partner is legitimate yeah. in what they're doing. Legitimate for, for using cannabis? For using or? cannabis, right? I mean, if your spouse or your significant other decides, hey, I want to use, I want to start using quote unquote medical cannabis and you think they're just, they just want to go get high. Yeah. Then yeah, you're not going to believe them. You're out of there. Cause there, there is those situations. I'm grateful that Chrissy isn't that way. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean I've never that I've never had to run into that, but I know people that their partner or their best friend li literally thinks that if they use it and the next thing they're going to be doing is using heroin. Yeah. I, my, my kids come home and they know what I do, right? They know that this is what I talk about to people all day long. And they come home and they'll say, gosh, my friend was, uh, I overheard my friend talking about medical marijuana and how it's just totally bad for you. And it shouldn't be legal. And that's, I think, where it starts, right? These parents are influencing their kids and they're influencing each other. I, I think it's education. I think that medical providers have a significant role to play in the legitimizing of the product right now. It's really up to us. It's up to us talking to each other, talking to patients and legitimizing this as medicine. And for what it is, don't, let's not give it to everybody. Yeah. Let's legitimize it for pain and muscle spasms and nausea and, and the things that are, that Utah has decided to qualify for. And if they're outside of those recommendations or those guidelines, they can, they can petition the compassionate use board and they can get approval. Right, we don't know how that looks yet because it's untested, and next week we're gonna we're gonna start f figuring that out. Yeah, let's talk about next week because on uh, on Sunday they open the system for the state of Utah, and that's kind of why we're recording now, right? It all depends on when Apple Podcasts oh, if, yeah, they, if, they, right, if they if they right. if they accept us. Uh, but we'll we'll uh, hopefully so let's let's start on March first. What's going to happen? What you see happening? Computers going to open up. The computers website. open up at nine a.m. Right? You go to the Utah Department of Health website and you pre-register for your card. Now anybody can do this. If you already have a letter from a provider, you can do this. If you are somebody who wants a card in the future, you can go to the Utah Department of Health website, log in, create an account, create an application. Once you see a provider and you've been approved for the card, right, you've had that face-to-face -face visit with a qualified medical provider, uh, then they will go in on the back end and they'll certify that application. Once that application is certified 
and all the ducks are in a row, so to speak, you'll you'll get a chance to pay the state $15 and get an emailed card to your digital device. Now, now this might be a silly question, Tim, and you might not even know the answer, but like, let's say a patient, you know, they, they got a, you know, their letter from their doctor, they go to this website, they submit all of their information. Does their doctor get notified that they did it or should that person contact their doctor? Great question. But I think their doctor is going to get notified. I don't know exactly because we haven't seen how the system works, but I'm just going to assume that the state is going to notify their, the patient is going to have to put in their doctor. Okay. That particular, the, the details we, we're just not quite sure of, but the state has developed this system. So a patient can say, okay, look, I think I qualify for a card. I'm going to go online. I'm going to create an account. Then I'm going to go search around for my doctor, my medical provider. And I'm they, gonna, they can find go. people at what website? Yeah. So, I mean, you could find people on utahmarijuana.clinic. You could come to my website and you could research a little bit of the qualifying conditions and you could schedule an appointment right then and there. Once you come and you get that certification uh, or, or once you come and we decide that you qualify, I will go online to the state website and make that certification and you'll get your card. And I do dosing recommendations. So there is a next step that I think a lot of uh, patients are confused about, Chris, and that is the step of having the recommendation, right? Having your card. And then if your provider gives you dosing recommendations, you go to the pharmacy, you bypass the pharmacy meeting, and you can buy the product that you need. Now, what's a pharmacy meeting? Like you got to have a meeting when you go to the pharmacy, like yeah. the first time or every if time? If your provider does not provide dosing recommendations in your certification, then you have to meet your first visit. You have to meet with the pharmacist. I think it's a, a, a medical director. They call it a PMD meeting. And every patient is going to have to meet with that person. That person is going to re- uh, rediscuss their medical condition, rediscuss all of what they've been using in the past, if they have been, and they are going to help them decide what dosing and, and uh, delivery methods. And it, that's at the pharmacy. That's, that's at the pharmacy. Is that why they want to have the pharmacist there? So that is, the, I mean, that's the way the law is built, right? To have a pharmacist employed by the pharmacy and you can say what you want. I think we ought to bring a pharmacist on here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring up all my opinions about this right now. Can I get I my Wellbutrin filled there too? <laughs> well, the I mean, there's gonna be a pharmacist there, Chris. And I don't know if he's gonna know what he or she. I mean, what's the level of education of these pharmacists, right? Yeah. I mean, are they gonna know a lot about your condition, particularly that you're? We'll we'll see how this works, but we need, in fact, if a pharmacist is working at a dispensary and is listening to our podcast, reach out to me, 851-5554, area code 801. Come on the podcast because I am very interested in what the process is to become one of those pharmacists, how those meetings go, what those things look like, what those meetings look like. I think patients would be very, very interested in this. I think it's it's not talked about at all. Patients have no idea that they're going to have to meet with a pharmacist before they buy their product. But that's if their doctor, or like in your case, your patients, you do the doses on there. So they don't have to probably meet with a pharmacist. Your correct. Patients. Correct. But I am the only provider. 
that I know of. And here in Utah? I thought here they're all, all the qualified no, ones. I mean, I'm the only provider who's doing dosing guidelines that I know of. It's possible Dr. Anden in Ogden, uh, who's a very good, uh, very good pain physician, it's possible that she's, uh, because she has an extensive knowledge about cannabis, and she's a good provider. Uh, I would definitely recommend if you're up in Ogden, go see her. But I don't think there are going to be very many. I think there'll be less than five providers in the state who know enough about cannabis to help a patient give dosing and delivery guidelines. So much to learn, Tim. Oh, these it's so fun to talk to patients and talk to them about dosing and delivery. This brings up a whole exciting like field of medicine. Let's get into that on some episodes, you know, about that. I don't know how deep we can go. Oh, but... we could get into the weeds. What's what we should. <laughs> then we can invite Blake, the uh, chief science officer for Zion Pharmaceuticals. I met with him this week. Was he the guy there on Tuesday at the Utah yeah. Can event? Yeah. And he is an expert in minor cannabinoids and they are doing some phenomenal things with product in the future. In the next couple of years, you're going to see CBG and CBN and THCV, these other cannabinoids that we don't know much about. They're going to be in the products in Utah. I think some of these things are going to help particular patients with different kinds of issues. Like if you have a gut issue, mm -hmm. I mean, you might end up liking the product with CBG yeah. because of what it can do. Is the reason we're discovering all of this today is because there is a little bit more freedom with st studying this plant that we're not all in our basements hiding out, that we can be a little more open and exposed? Is that yeah, why there's so. more studies? Yeah, I think so. I think there, with 33 states with medical programs and multiple states with recreational programs, there is a lot of studying going on from the production side and the growing side. And these guys want to do, they want to build good medical products, just like any drug company right? There's money in medical products and there's benefit to people. So we're going to develop research and develop these products. And I think that's where it's coming from. Now, where would people go? Uh, so the first dispensary slash pharmacy is opening up on Monday, March 2nd, hopefully, if they, you yeah, know, if pass, everything goes there, which right, we, we well. assume they will, right? How are we going to know about the next ones opening up? Is there a website we oh, can that's go a good to question. or is like, what's the best way? I mean, obviously we want to keep people up on all of this. Here Honestly, on the I think that we're going to keep people up on the podcast. Those episodes are going to be written about in utahmarijuana.org. Okay. So Utah in the weeds podcast is going to be a great place to listen to that information. And then secondly, you're going to be able to read about it at utahmarijuana.org the very next, uh, probably the next week we'll post the, within okay. a few days, we'll post the article. You know, we're going to be in all the podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, and we'll get in Spotify, Overcast. I, I'll take care of all that, Tim. <laughs> Gosh, um, I mean, you're basically, and, and, you know, part of this is, I hope people don't think or listen to this and think, oh, well, this is just Chris interviewing another guy, right? So because you're so good at it, yeah. you just tend to kind of lean into that. <laughs> well, let's wrap this show up. I, if you want to get a hold of me, Send me an email, chris at iamsaltlake.com. That's going to be the best one. Go check out my other show, I Am Salt Lake Podcast, iamsaltlake.com. Uh, we're on all the social medias with that as well. Get in touch with me if you would like to be part of this show by any capacity. If you have some ideas for this show, uh, if you have a, a, a dispensary here, if you're, if you're a grower, a bud tender, whatever, get in touch with Tim or myself. Absolutely. How can people get a hold of you, Tim? So if you want to get a hold of me for any medical marijuana uh, evaluations or, or discussion about medical marijuana and how it might help 
a certain type of condition, you can call me. Uh, you can uh, call me at 801-851-5554. Call my office. You can also email me, tim at utahtherapeutic.com. You can see utahmarijuana.org. You can go through that website and there's uh, quite a bit of information and there'll be information, more and more information about medical marijuana and the Utah system every week. And finally, if you really are interested in finding out about a medical marijuana card in Utah, utahmarijuana.clinic is probably the easiest place to go. List of qualifying conditions, easy to understand process of how this goes for patients in Utah, and you can uh, get a hold of me there. I'm going to love doing this podcast, Tim. Oh, I'm super excited. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your family and friends. Rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.